They both went to U of I. Priesthood wasn't on their radar. Then everything changed. This is Dive Deep. From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith. I am Andrew Hansen, along with Amber Servany. we got Father Rob Johnson, Father Mark Tracy in the house, ILL. I and I. Oh, right on cue. <laughs> right. You went to Notre Dame. You years. guys got all these great fight songs, too. I went to Valpo, which uh, really is just a, just a V. And, and awesome. <laughs> you tried. Uh, we got uh, both priests here because it's an incredible story of how they went from Going to the U of I priesthood again wasn't on their radar. Then something changed. They're here to tell us their story. We celebrate National Vocations Month uh, as well. Uh, Vocations Week, that's right. You don't have to mouth it to me. Just correct me, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do it politely. Yeah, thank you. you. Can't do it for a day, um, seven days. <laughs> so we'll get right into it um, because, again, I think a lot of people, I think when they think of priests, you guys know at an early age, like Bishop of Prague, you knew he wanted to be a priest when he was like five years old and celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like, that's, they always think that, but it's not, it's a misnomer. You guys have some good stories here. So we'll start with you, uh, Father Rob, Uh, take us back, uh, going to the U of I majoring in biology Yep. and uh, tell us, uh, you know, what took you to the U of I and and, and up to this, maybe this decision point where things flipped. Yeah, good. Uh, So I grew up in Iliopolis and had a yeah, very uh, proud and thankful of my family uh, there. So went through went through high school, always kind of wanted to go to Champaign for school. My older sister um, had had gone there. My oldest sister went to Wisconsin, so she's kind of the black sheep in that <laughs> in that way. But then um, my older sister Jen was in um, Champaign, so it was always on my uh, my radar. Like science, that's what I was good good at and so thought biology was the best uh route for me and and once i got in you know decided very quickly that's where i wanted to go but no growing up um we went to um to mass that's definitely the foundation of my faith comes from my family but i can honestly say i had never thought once about being a priest before graduating high school so once i got to um champagne I lived at a fraternity when I was there, and of all places, that's where a guy a year ahead of me um, there, he wanted to start a, um, a Bible study and just had a pretty cool conversion, and it was just a really slow process once um, I was there that I look back now that it was Jesus just, you know, slowly trying to win me over, like gain, gain my trust and and are you going to the Newman Center? Because the U of I's Newman Center is nationally known. Yeah, it's a it's a very good Newman Center and, and a very big one. At first, no. Um, I did. There was a guy a year ahead of me, another guy a year ahead of me that he invited me to mass, um, my, like the, probably the first weekend there. So my first semester, I think I pretty much always went to, to mass um, mm-hmm. just from like the foundation that my family had given me, but honestly didn't take it that, that seriously or anything. Um, Towards the end of my freshman year, there was a group of guys at the at the house, and then a, a really um, just great group of gals that lived at a dorm near there, and they did a um, a coed Bible, not Bible study, but a softball team, mm-hmm. and they were like very. Most of them were involved in Campus Crusade for Christ, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so they they asked me to play on this um, softball team. And I got to be good friends with them. So I had this experience of them that they were like friends of Jesus. And I didn't really know what that meant. 
yeah, it was just, um, but I knew that I really enjoyed being friends with them. And there was something about the seriousness with which they took their faith that, that really did, it inspired me in a, in a big way. One of the guys was Catholic and he took it very seriously. So that was the guy that invited me to mass and all of that. Anyway, um, so it was just this really slow process. We started a Catholic Bible study in, in the house the year after those guys a year ahead of me did. And I would just take like really basic questions, like what are the sacraments, you know, <laughs> to, um, to this. They invited me. I don't know if that's a basic question. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like just list God? the sacrament, oh, you know. Okay. Right. 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 That's a basic question. Yeah, it's right. pretty basic what I was asking what? at the time. And um, anyway... A lot more I could say. They towards the end of my sophomore year, they invited me on a retreat with Focus and um, and really quick Focus for people listening, they don't know what that is. Fellowship of Catholic University students. They they send missionaries, usually recent college grads, to college campuses all over the country, and they do evangelization work. So um, they have this cool model where they call it Win Build Send, and they mm-hmm. do things to try to engage as many people as possible on campus, build trust, build friendships, authentic relationships. They then, like, they'll form small group Bible studies from there, try to build up actual disciples of of Jesus. But then um, in a really particular way, they do one-on-one mentorship and then try to, you know, send you out and have students doing that. And so anyway, they they did this retreat that I was, I look back and laugh now because I probably shouldn't have been on it in, in <laughs> any way. And, um, but, most of wait, 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 why not? It was, well, and it's funny, but it was just all these, you know, it was these people that I, my peers that I were around that were just on fire for their faith and, and living it. And I really wasn't, uh, <laughs> you're like, I got a softball team. <laughs> yeah. I was like, about I just God, it's pretty good. Heck, I want to play softball. <laughs> like Jesus seems okay. You know? Um, but anyway, on that particular retreat, the first time I had ever experienced Eucharistic adoration, didn't know what it was, never heard of it before, just had this experience of like, that was really good. No words past that. And they had several priests there um, for confession. I hadn't been to confession, I don't even know, honestly, how long it had been. And I was just a nervous wreck um, going to confession. There was one particular priest that I had kind of hit it off with and um, at, at the beginning of the retreat thought he was just really holy cool cool guy and his name was father chris and anyway um so they had all these priests there and i was like well as long as i don't have to go to him then i'll go to confession <laughs> and i think i had a one in six chance you know <laughs> going around and i was like well even if it's him they said that there would be this option to like sit behind the priest so he couldn't see you and uh the uh the focus team director at the time she handed me a bottle of water right as i was walking in and she goes, hey, Rob, hand this to, to Father Chris when you get this. <laughs> so I tried. I'm not, cruel. I'm not kidding. Cruel. I tried to, like, hand the bottle of water over. I tried to, like, dump it over his shoulder. There you go. And because uh, I didn't want him to see me. I, you know, no idea how this was going to go. But it was just, like, this super cool grace moment in, in my whole life of I just kind of let everything go. And just some stuff that you know, um, yeah, honestly hadn't even intended to bring to confession when I was going. And it was just this moment to kind of lay it all down 
Do you think if you think if you knew you had to go to confession, you would even gone on that retreat? Oh no way! Yeah, <laughs> you know what's interesting about what that part of the story is that we often quantify who we should ask. Should we should we ask this person to that because they hmm. they're here or there or not here or yeah. not there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if someone had tried to quantify why you should have gone to that, then they wouldn't have made the invitation, and that invitation was everything that you needed. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. a good that's a very good very good point. Um, and I was in that moment, so I you know go to confession. I remember literally kind of looking down and not wanting to look up because I thought the priest was going to like be mean and maybe ask me to leave. I had no, I had no context for how it was going to go. And I remember finally looking up and he was smiling and he said, Hey, burden lifted and gave me absolution. He gave me John 10, which is the good shepherd to pray for my penance. And, um, I was like, so after that experience, I was like, man, I want other people to be able to experience this. And so just continued to, um, yeah, try to try to th- take the faith more and more seriously, started going to mass. But again, this, this is your sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore this retreat. Year. So now junior, senior year, again, biology is still on your mind. You're, you're thinking yep. you want to so be a teacher. Yeah, and that's when, um, yeah, the especially kind of through the, the missionaries, there it was that then I started to get this kind of uh, vocabulary around a call to holiness and mm-hmm. like the more that that I lived out my Catholic faith um, the happier I was it's just as simple as as that that the more that I got to know Jesus lived out the faith the happier I was so I ended up leading a Bible study in the fraternity as a senior um, and that's it just continuing to notice like hey the more that I gave to Jesus the more that I trusted him actually the more myself I was. So still had fun, um, was very centered on, on, that, on that idea that God calls us to holiness and we can be holy in whatever vocation or path of life that he calls us. So had a deep, deep desire um, to go back by home. And yeah, I said, you know, I, I probably would have started maybe in teaching and trying to coach baseball. Maybe, I don't know if I would have ended up doing that forever. Um, necessarily if there would have been another path wanted a family and um but wanted to center my life around the faith at at that point um so anyway i graduated then in 2010 decided to work as a missionary for focus for um how about that for, years. you know you go to focus you go to the focus retreat and then here you are working for focus. i know yeah yeah they got me uh, bait and switch yeah they got me. <laughs> yeah all right well, we're going to pause the story yeah. there because that's when uh what happened to you in focus is what ultimately had a switch in your mind so now we'll turn to you father mark so so take us back for you uh also you, you went to u of i and also u of i grad uh, and priesthood not on your radar when you're going to the no u of i think I. It, I think it's funny you know sometimes people think that priests like we're just born with this collar <laughs> I know. It's, it's kind of funny what they ask you about. I kind of tell people as a joke. I just woke up one day, was tired of kneeling at mass, and I noticed the priest wasn't kneeling. So I was like, hmm, there you go. Just become a priest. <laughs> but really, I, uh, like Father Rob, you know, I was raised in a Catholic family. Uh, they did their best. You know, they took us to mass, uh, taught us how to pray. I remember praying as a kid, praying the Psalms before I went to bed. I think uh, Psalm 31 was one of my favorites. So I did that, went to Catholic grade school. Then in high school, I went to youth group for that first year, my freshman year. And then I just, like, things just took more priority. So I just started fading away from, like, the youth group from Mass, only one of my parents went. I remember distinctly, like, stopping, like, stop praying at night. 
uh, stop praying with Was this God. in college or high school? This was in high school. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> friends, sports, whatever you name, just took over. So then I go into college, and no one's making me go to the Mass, so I just stopped going. <laughs> Do you, do you remember, like, even, like, consciously deciding, no, like, no, I should go to Mass, no. but I choose not to? No. There so, was okay. no conscience decision. It was just like, hmm, well, you sleep in, you're like, oh, I right. guess it is Sunday. And the NFL's well, on. And the NFL's on. Click it on. Then pretty soon it's Monday, and then three years goes by. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So in college then, did the typical, you know, college thing, live how the culture wanted me to, you know, going out with friends. Stuff like that, but it was my sophomore year. I remember distinctly waking up one morning and feeling like, I just asked myself, is this it? Like, I'm doing everything everyone tells me to. You know, I've got friends, I'm dating, uh, I'm doing this career. I <laughs> don't even know what career I'm going to go into, really. I'm doing this parks and rec thing and kind of enjoying it. And so I just asked, like, is this it? Like, is it just one night of fun? Is it just me trying to get a degree? this type of thing. So that happens, and then my parents showed up on campus. Uh, I think it was like a mom's weekend or, no, it wasn't a mom's weekend. Oh, it was an Illinois basketball game, and by some lucky uh, coincidence, they actually beat Michigan State, which is very <laughs> rare. Usually Izzo kills us. So we go to the game, they win Saturday night, and we go to Mass on Sunday. At and, the Newman Center or at another yeah, parish? at okay. the Newman okay. Center. And Monsignor Ketchum was the one uh, celebrating the Mass. And it was nothing in particular what he said or did or anything. It was just who he was. There was something about him. He had a peace, a joy, and happiness I did not have in my life that I desperately wanted and was confused why he had it. <laughs> so I made a big mistake. I told my mom that. <laughs> Never tell your mom that. Because she set up an appointment with Monsignor Ketchum without telling me. So I get an email in my inbox saying, you have an appointment at 2 o'clock on Tuesday with Monsignor Ketchum. I'm like, what the heck? It's an awesome mom. So I was like, Mom's what? no best. I guess. So I was like, well, let's give this a shot, you know? So I go there and just, again, just struck by his holiness, his joy, his peace. Um, well, wait, what's that conversation like? Are you coming in here like, my mom set this up. I don't know why I'm here, but I saw you last Sunday and you seem really happy. What do you got? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, basically kind of what I just said. I just kind of came to him and said, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I've just had some struggles. I've just been questioning life lately. Like, I did this major, like, because I thought it would be easy. I'm kind of enjoying it, but I don't know what career I'm going to go into. I'm, you know, doing all this college stuff, but I'm wondering, like, is this it? Like, you know, that type of thing. And so I laid all that out. And he was very, very good, and the conversation went more. But I never forget what he, like, challenged me at the end was he's like, what you're searching for is a relationship with Jesus Christ in this church. Just take one step today. I was like, I don't know what that means, but well, give it her a shot. You know, that's why I went to the appointment, right? And so immediately I was shocked. Like from there, he walked me to a Bible study. Literally walked you Directly from there. Walked a few me, steps. Yeah, a few steps. But literally took me from there to meet with a folks missionary. He was like, yeah, I got this Bible study in like half hour. Just come by. 
So I was like, what the heck? So I go there and they're very good. And I noticed like the same joy and happiness in them. And they were doing all the same stuff I was, but it was more centered on God. <laughs> and uh, they answered any questions I had. And they just, they, there was no pressure. I had no pressure to come back. They just walked with me for the next few months. Anytime I had questions or if I didn't show up, they didn't like break me or anything. Just Now in these few months, are you, are you going back to mass? Uh, let's not go there yet. Okay. Not there yet. Okay. But th the wheels are spinning the in your head. The wheels are starting to spin. I went every once in a while. I would okay. say it probably was like once a month at that point. So that's better than nothing, but still not good. So they walk with me. Um, and then fast forward through that summer into junior year, I keep going to this Bible study, asking questions, struggling. And then they kept inviting me to this focus retreat, this focus conference. And I kept telling them no. And then they kept asking again. And I kept saying no. And they, so I was like, fine, if you quit asking, I'll just go to this. And they even offered to pay for half. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> fine, I'll go to this thing. And it's in Nashville, you know. Who doesn't and love should, a little country? You should have your mom you know? pay for the other half. <laughs> <laughs> so it uh, kind of all led to there. And it was junior, sorry, not, yeah, January of my junior year. And we go to this thing. Amazing speakers at this focus conference. Just dynamite speakers. Amazing priests, religious, lay people. Uh, so many wonderful things. And there was like 12,000 people there. But they said we were going to go to adoration that night. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> so I show up, and it's just quiet. I've never been that quiet in my life. And How many people are, are there doing adoration? 12,000. Oh, 12, okay, so it's 12. Okay. Yeah, all 12,000 college students on their knees praying. You could have dropped a pin. Dead quiet. And I just sat there in prayer, not even knowing what to do, but then distinctly remember uh, Jesus saying, I love you, I forgive you, come follow me. So from that moment, I was just in awe and shock, uh, just sat there. And then I knew that night I needed to go to Sacrament of Confession. I went kind of like Father Rob had been years and years, maybe since I was like third, fourth grade, I don't know. And I just laid it on the line, and the priest was wonderful. And then went to Mass that night. And when I received the Eucharist that night, I realized that was the love, the joy, the peace that everyone that I saw had that I didn't, and I desperately wanted it. That night I got to experience it. You, you felt it. Yeah. You felt it. Absolutely. And so that was the night where I was like, all right, I'm not going back. Not going back. So when I got back on campus, like literally that Monday, I went to that focus missionary I'd met with. And I said, I want to know more about this Jesus guy. You got to help me. I want to know how to pray. I want to know when these adoration times are. I want some books. I want to dive in, or I should say dive deep. That's know? right. Good call. <laughs> that avoid. That was good. I love it. So, yeah. okay. But okay. Now in that moment, you said, I want Jesus. Give me more. Is, is priesthood up there at all? Oh, no. No, okay. no, no. So no, no. still or, not there yet? It was a slow walk. You right, know? Slow he said, walk. take okay. one step. <laughs> I took that very literally. Well, geez, I, you, you took you to walk you to a Bible study last week. I think he's going to walk you to an application. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. It took a few more steps, but un poco a poco. All right. In Spanish. All right. So now junior year, you're, you're getting back into it. What's, what's happening next? So, yeah, I'm... I think I started going to daily mass, actually. I was going to Adoration Daily Mass. I was going to confession once a month. Uh, I was reading about lives of the saints, reading why we believe, why we believe. And as I was doing that, uh, I can't remember if it was Monsignor Ketchum or a different priest or somebody kind of said, like, we should be discerning our vocation. 
And I really didn't know what that meant, but then they kind of spelled it out about like priesthood or religious life. I thought like vocation was like a career path or something. <laughs> so they spelled that out. I was like, huh. So that kind of sat with me. And then as I was reading the lives of the saints, I was reading like St. Ignatius of Loyola, St. Francis Sisi. I noticed something that like they had received so much from God's mercy that they wanted to make a gift of their life. And that really hit me. I was like, I want to give my life back to God. I don't know what that means, but I want to do it. And so then fast forward to my senior year when I met with Monsignor Ketchum again with this question in mind. I was like, I want to make a gift of my life back to God. Did you set up that appointment? I did. I did. I, did. <laughs> I, I was very proud. I know we're getting serious here, but I, 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 I had to throw I that I figured out, out a, you know, the website. I was like, click, appointment. I, I got it all done. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Got wise in my senior year. So I uh, met with him, and he kind of walked through. He's like, well, have you thought about being a priest? I was like, well, uh, let's not go there. Let's maybe stick with, like, vocation to marriage, that type of thing. And he's like, well, just at least be open to it. Uh, so I started doing that. I was like, just prayed to be open to where the Holy Spirit would lead me. And I <laughs> then started feeling a call to priesthood. <laughs> then pretty soon after that, I had like somebody every day coming up to me and being like, have you thought about being a priest? <laughs> so that happened for a while. And then one week, I'm not kidding you, it was like 20 people. And they kept saying, like, have you thought about being a priest? And I was like, have you thought about shutting up? I mean, give me a break. Come on now. So I kept praying with it and praying with it. I eventually got the idea of maybe I'll do like religious life because I kind of want to do some missionary work. So I was like, well, maybe I'll do that. I'll do that. And then I went to adoration in December. I had this 1 a.m. holy hour. How in the world I signed up for that? Is that at St. Matthew's Parish in Chicago? We were in college. 1 a.m. is like noon to the rest <laughs> of the world. <laughs> I thought so. I guess that's what I had in my mind. I was like, well, no one else wants to do this. So I was there praying and listing off my litany of excuses of why I couldn't be a priest. I'm not worthy. I don't want to do it. I, you know, on and on and on, this whole list. And I just remember sitting there after I made this litany, I just blurted out. I want to be a priest. Audibly, you've blurted it out. I, yes, that's why I was glad it was 1 a.m., because there's no one else there. So I just said that out loud, and I was like, where the heck did that come from? But that peace and joy and that love that I felt when I came back, when that moment of adoration and receiving communion, I felt that moment again when I said I want to be a priest. And I said, there has to be something to this. So I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of interceding with me, and it wasn't so much God was forcing me to do this. It's like... In the deepest level of my heart, my soul, like I wanted to do this. Like I knew that this would bring me more fulfillment than I could ever dream of. And so I was like, well, all right, let's figure this thing out. So then I uh, looked at a couple of religious orders for religious priests, but it just didn't, didn't feel right. It didn't fit. Uh, like the best way I could describe it, it just didn't feel at home. It didn't feel like this is where God wanted me. And lo and behold, I called uh, Father Darren Zangley. Uh, the set up appointment. He was associate vocation director, and he put me in touch with Father Chris House, and the rest is history. And that was right after you graduated. Yep. So you went to the seminary right after, right after. Basically, college. yeah. Walked right. across country twice, but <laughs> then went in. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So now let's get back with Father Rob. Yep. So now you have just graduated college. You're with Focus. Pick up your story from there. Okay. So um, Focus sent me to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, Nebraska. And um, my first year out there, I had a very, um, I had a very, very positive 
um, just understanding of priesthood, both from the experience of being in Champaign, Monsignor Ketchum, yeah, I mean, foundational, um, just understanding of what it means to be a priest from him. Father Luke Spanagle was a spiritual director to me in college. So I get sent to Nebraska. The Newman Center in Nebraska is outstanding um, as well. They had two priests there, and um, both were just, they were really excellent. And um, anyway, so I had this really kind of this awe towards the priesthood, but still, like, I just didn't feel a pull towards it, like a reverence towards it, but not, not for me. Um, but I just, I kept going back. I was so sold and just had such a deep conviction about that call to holiness that like, that's what we're called to as, as Catholics. And, um, so, and, and just the privilege of, of working for focus was one, it's just a very positive culture of vocations. You talk about it a lot, you get encouraged and you have this kind of disposition to seek the Lord's will in whatever you do. So I was praying every day, um, you know, going to mass, making a regular confession, not perfect, you know, had struggles, all of that, but it's just um, really, again, kind of a foundational experience of God's grace in, in my life. And I noticed um, slowly, I noticed that I would, I would like go to mass and I would think, okay, what would I have said in the homily there? Or, or like I'd go to confession and it would just it would just be like little moments, be like, man, that would be amazing to be able to reconcile someone to God through the words of absolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, still didn't put like much much past that um, in it, but it, that slowly grew over the course of my first year working for Focus in in Nebraska to the point that I was thinking about it pretty consistently, which then slowly became. Well, like if I'm, I am, I'm, I'm so convicted of the call to holiness that I, I want to be open. Not only, I, I think it's important to be obedient to what God calls us to, but I also am like beginning to trust that that's like what my heart was created for was mm. to follow him. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to be a priest. And so I was very like, I was very scared <laughs> to all been there. Yeah. I was scared to except, say it. Except Bishop of Prague, yeah. <laughs> Four years old. Four, four, five, yeah. yeah um, I think Father Darren. Did Father Darren also had you know? Well, like also at Father years. House. Yeah. Father House, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like no, you hear that a lot. First communion, I was like, wow, yeah. thank you, St. Catherine of Siena. My <laughs> gosh, make us feel terrible about it. Yeah. <laughs> you hear a lot of stories, though, like guys will be celebrating Mass with yeah. their kids, you know, yeah. like, not me. but yeah. um, all right. Sorry to cut you off. No, okay. sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so it just became very present in my mind, still a very deep desire uh, to be married with uh, a family. And even that, like that call to holiness was just an understanding of like, yeah, you should have that. There would be something wrong if you didn't have that desire. Um, And so I remember I was on, um, I was on a date with a really, really good gal and I was sitting across from her and I was thinking about how cool it would be to be a priest. And I was like, <laughs> did, you, did you say that out loud? No, okay. no. That well, I wouldn't have gone well. I told that. I told. Well, that. I love, love Amber's face there. <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing. I I told that story at a parish one time. Um, you should have told her to get the bill at the end. <laughs> just 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 to wrap it up. So you know? I so I tell the story at a parish, and a gal comes up to me after mass, Uh-oh. and. I'm that girl. No. Uh, <laughs> no, she, she looks right at me, and she goes, oh, man, so you were on a date with a girl, and it made you want to go to seminary. That must have been a terrible girl. 
And I was like, that actually helped me put some words on it. I was like, no, she was so good and like just so beautiful that it was like, it was the experience of it that if I'm still thinking about being a priest in this moment, there's something here that I can't ignore anymore. And so it was through like that moment that I was finally like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go and give it a try. And I talked to a couple, I got very good counsel from a couple different priests with just the explanation of, you know, when you apply to, to seminary, you need an openness. Like you can't live a double life. You have to be convicted like, Hey, this is where the Lord is calling me. You do not need to know whether or not you're called to be a priest. Um, it's a, it's a step for discernment. So I talked to a couple priests, um, is simple, honestly, coming back to the diocese, I was pretty convinced quickly of diocesan um, priesthood. I was very attracted to, um, to that. And I didn't know that many priests from the diocese, honestly, but it was still home. Like, Iliopolis is my hometown, and, and just got some basic advice from, uh, from a priest that, you know, give your home diocese, like, the first look. And if it's not right, you'll know, you know, and you'll find, wh- like, where's home. And so um, ended up, I had lunch with, uh, with Father House and got the application and um, told my family all that. Ended up, yeah, I went to, to Mundelein. And, and for me, gosh, I mean, the first couple of years of seminary were, they were tough. Like I felt at home, certainly of like, that's where I was supposed to be. I had very good friendships um, and just got like very good, I think, um, counsel and guidance formation. Yeah. Um, but it, it took a while then, you know, yeah, so many different areas kind of came together. But I was on a retreat, um, I guess, my th- going into my third year of seminary. Was that the 30-day? I did the 30-day exercises of St. Ignatius. Um, What's that really quick? <laughs> it's the 30 the, days of a lot of... 30-day uh, silent retreat. Yeah. A 30-day silent sad. retreat. 30-day silent it's retreat. It's literally called the exercises because it's literally spiritual exercise. I mean, it's a workout program, basically. Wait, so as in like you, you can't talk? Well, oh, you meet yeah. with, yeah, you're, you're silent, and then you meet with a spiritual director yeah. once a day. You it's go like to mass. Camp. Um, you, so, can you talk to yourself out loud? No, <laughs> no. It's, you do um, like four holy hours um, a day. It's, I mean, it, that's the most, it's it was one camp. of the most life-changing things you're I've familiar ever, with boot camp. ever done. It's boot camp for the soul. Yeah, sure. yeah, Very but I mean, it's rigorous, discipline, structured. But it comes with this disposition that comes from it of like everything is a reception of God's love, mm-hmm. and that like sinks into your bones in that in that silence. So it is intense. It's not, you know. And I, I felt very like pulled and called to, um, to do it. But everything shifted, and I, I'll be honest. Like before I went into that, I was not totally convinced, but certainly more and more convinced. Like maybe this isn't for me in like a place of peace of like, man, I gave this a try. Not sure it's for me. Maybe the Lord is calling me to, you know, to get married, have a family. Um, and that time, that silence and that like communion with God that it facilitated was just the, the experience. I mean, I remember where I was then at that point. And it was just all of a sudden it was, it felt this like personal call from Jesus of like, no, this is how like I made your heart to be fulfilled and and to pursue holiness in this particular way, um, and so it was just all this stuff kind of came through in, in that moment through that retreat of like this is for me this is what I want to do now 
And, and so then everything else, like still had a desire, you know, to be married with a family, still had a lot of, you know, desires, but there's this, like when you're in tune with where the Lord is calling you, you know, it's this, it's like this, um, kind of beautiful, like fearlessness that, that you're given as a grace. So I, I was, the best way to describe it is, um, like my little brother is a very holy guy and, and married a very holy gal. And he had to say no to every other woman in the world in order to marry his wife. And, but that's not what he thinks about because he gets to marry her. And so that's what priesthood became then of like, you have to say no to a lot mm-hmm. then. And, but like, that's not the primary thing of what it's about because it's what you get to say yes to in this call from God. Yeah. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Now, uh, thinking back now on both of your stories, what struck me is, Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. is oh, yeah. what ultimately opened the door to all this. So Eucharistic adoration, confession, and it's discerning right. and open and your, your openness to it. You know, I, I, Father Mark, you kept talking about like, it was just like, there's almost like this, this <laughs> nag in your head, but you, but you were open to it. You didn't yeah. shut the door sure. on the nag. And I feel like I know yeah. we're celebrating National Vocations Week, but that's just, that goes across whatever you are in your yeah. life, whatever you're discerning, you're trying to figure out in your life. Yeah. Eucharistic adoration can help. Confession can yeah. help. Being close to the Lord. It's not rocket science. Yeah. And actually, if I can add, I think it's the people you guys surrounded yourself with. So if those people weren't following their vocation, the guy who invited you to the Bible study in your mm-hmm. um, fraternity, like all these people who invited you to the conference, like everyone living out their vocation allows all of these things to take place, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's where the church needs to go is just an invitational culture. Like some people, when they hear the term evangelization or vocation, it's kind of overwhelming, but simply just inviting your friend to something you enjoy, like that's not too difficult. Like that's or just, easy to do. Just the notion of like a culture of vocation, start with the yeah. call to holiness. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's really the, the fruits of that, I think are, are just so um, amazing. Like wherever, wherever you see it, that no, you can just have a conversation that's not like really awkward or like really, really forced to be like, hey, you should think about priesthood, like not as this weird thing, but because it's like this beautiful call Mm -hmm. from from God and might be where he's calling you to. So yeah. let, let me ask you a big question. How, how do you, how'd you guys know it was God calling you what you wanted versus just other thoughts in your head that I'm not going to say they're Satan, but just, you know, other, sure. other things that pop in your head. I, I think it's the average person. It's still really hard to, just to discern between, is this God telling me what to yeah. do? Or is it really myself telling me that uh, and God's reinforcing what I really want? Yeah, that's the path sure. I should go. No, that's a good question. Do you yeah. want to go first? Or do you want me to take a <laughs> Yeah. I mean, a couple, a couple of thoughts. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could pull from like, you know, our like very deep and rich tradition. This is a St. Ignatius thing, but he talks about if you're on the path towards God. So mm-hmm. like if you're moving towards God, if you're like trying and, and you're living in the sacraments and you're trying to pursue holiness, even if you have struggles, if you're trying there, then the Holy Spirit's going to interact with you in certain ways. And so the, the Holy Spirit's going to be consoling. It's going to be um, encouraging. I always tell people like, look for a sense of fit. It, you know, like yeah. Father Mark mentioned, I looked elsewhere. I, I, I knew I was where I was supposed to be when I felt home. Like there's yeah. a sense of fit. Mm-hmm. Whereas the evil spirit will come from a place of like accusation, division. There'll always be a sense of bite to it. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's being able to recognize there 
no, I, I think like this is from God in my life. This doesn't have to be a vocational thing. This can be anything that you're in like a discernment, you know, pose towards. Um, God will be consistent. And then yeah. like spiritual direction is so, so important. Like reach out to, um, to a priest that you can, can talk to and, and get good guidance and counsel as well. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with all of that. The only thing I'd add is like, there's a dimension of you that becomes more like fully alive, like, and people notice it in you. Um, kind of what he's talking about, that, that peace that God gives, it leads you to the greater love of God and neighbor. And so you start seeing like these gifts in you come alive. Like I, like the best way I could probably describe it is I remember like some college friends, like when I was a year or two in seminary being like, you seem so happy and so alive and just so passionate and you just look like the best version of yourself. If people can say that about you, you're probably going down the right path. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think of Matthew Kelly, he wrote, yeah. he wrote the whole book on, you know, the best version of yourself. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. So, so when you guys look back on where you are, I mean, obviously you probably laugh about, you know, you know, what, what's, what's like the theme? If, if you had to write, you write a, a headline for, for where you are now versus where you were in college or just in general, um, what do you think that is? <laughs> mm. Don't tell God your plans. <laughs> right, tell God your plans, make him laugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You got a good one liner for this one? <laughs> one liner, man. I'm struggling to come up. <laughs> with it. I don't know. It's just rooted in, in me, um, in, in being able to, to talk about it. Like it's just, it's God, Christianity being Catholic, that's God's pursuit of you. It's not yeah. you figuring mm -hmm. it out. It's not you finding sure. God. That's no, like Christianity is always God coming towards us. And it allows you just to kind of marvel at like this providence that he puts, um, in your life. And we want to cooperate with grace and, and all, of, all of that, but at its core, like God pursuing you. And so being able to talk about it, like all of that has been God pursuing me. I say, what's, what's your advice for people? I mean, I know you kind of touched on it a little bit um, and it doesn't have to be about vocations, but just about making decisions. I mean, we're all as whether you're family, yeah. single, religious, you know, we're always facing difficult decisions where sure. we, we turn to prayer. And I know prayer is a big aspect of, of everything we do, but um, what, what is your advice for, for everyone goes through struggles. If they sure. came to you and say, Father Mark, Father Rob, I'm struggling with this. What, where, where should we start? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. I would say I was, and this is, again, this is St. Saint Ignatius wisdom. I feel like I'm talking about him, um, a lot. He's your guy today. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I'm thankful for him, you know, and, and the wisdom he gave the church, but he talks about going back, you go back to first and foremost, a place of foundation of knowing that you're loved by God. So like that is the foundation, knowing mm -hmm. you're created in God's image and likeness and that you're loved from that. You're given what he calls a disposition of heart to say, Lord, I want to do your will. Like, I, I actually, I, I say that authentically in, in my life. And if those two things aren't there, that's actually the place to start, to go back yeah. to, well, let's talk about this of, like, do you not feel loved? Do you not, mm -hmm. is there something there that's broken in that relationship? But from that place, then you enter into the tools that the church has given us, the sacraments, you know, prayer, spiritual reading, um, just kind of like the classical tools that that we have yeah. and typically then he calls it i think it's he calls it three modes that god will respond in so it could be a moment of clarity um that you just kind of know like hey there's a sense of fit here with this decision of even if it's hard like i feel a pull towards mm -hmm. here you can enter into what he calls a discernment of spirits of being able to say like where's my heart attracted to consistently over time 
And then the third one is he calls, if, if you still don't have clarity, I think he calls it a preponderance of reasons where you can weigh pros and cons. You can say, hey, from this place of being loved with a foundation, um, you know, what's, what's going to bring greater glory to God mm-hmm. here? So that's, a, that's like a quick synopsis of that, but um, that's always been fruitful to walk people through of, hey, if that relationship with the Lord isn't there, like it, of, of really being loved and seen by him, then um, everything else is kind of going to go off kilter. So it's important to go back to, to that first. Yeah, yeah. No, those are great foundation things. Absolutely start with first that I'm loved by God. And then I look at discernment as like sifting through your options. And a lot of times it's paying attention to the intention behind each option. So if I'm doing this thing to earn God's love, then stop. You got to stop there. You got to look at those options and look at the intention and where is God leading you? Uh, Where am I responding in love? Not to gain love. Where am I responding to God's love? Um, I think that's one of the good discernment points. Also, follow your mom. Listen to your mom. (laughs) That's always good. Mom knows best. That's always good. That's what, you know, you kind of touched on it, Amber. You talk about these, these people in your lives. It is so funny when you look back on journeys and stuff. I think of you. So, Father Mark, it's like, had your mom not gone out of her way and set up a meeting with my, with my senior, who I don't knows? think he'd be sitting here. If you don't meet the random Catholic guy who's fortunately on fire for his faith at, at softball, yeah. you may not be sitting here, here either. Oh, yeah. But also, you'd actually go back to both their families. They both started out by saying that they had families who went to church and prayed, and you had some type of foundation. Um, yeah. And you can't really underestimate that. That's, no. that's where things start. Yeah. yeah. So uh, last question, we'll leave you guys with this. Yep. Uh, since we are celebrating National Vocations, religious, uh, Father Rob, your advice for any, let's go kind of both. If you're a parent who has a, a son, uh, what's your advice for, for them? And also if you're a, a, a man listening to this right now who's maybe having some thoughts about the priesthood, what's your advice? Yeah. Um, okay. The I would say holiness, like go back to holiness. That's what you're called to. That's what your kids are um are called to and 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 so that that is like the place to to start if it's someone that you're like hey this is maybe this is stirring something up even hearing this and saying like I, maybe i should at least talk to someone about going i would just say i mean it's just the courage to like hey what's the next step and then don't let yourself get 10 steps down mm-hmm. the road maybe the next step is simply asking the Lord in prayer of like, hey, do you want me to to really take this seriously? And he probably does. So, and then like maybe another simple step is to reach out to like a vocation director, you know, that you can find on the diocese website or or elsewhere, you know, like reach out to someone to talk to. So like the courage to to say, hey, I want to take this seriously, not because I'm being forced to, but because like I want to be holy. I want to be a saint in in my life um and that that's the place to start father mark what's your advice for folks that's a great question (laughs) uh yeah no father rob has some great wisdom there uh it starts with the foundations that amber was talking about um i would say just help them develop that prayer life i think that's so important for parents is just help them develop that prayer life uh so you're taking a mass all that stuff teach them how to pray but a great thing could be like just once a week Take them to the church, even if it's not adoration, but take them just to be there before the tabernacle. Um, and then there's different prayer methods, like Vianney Vocations has all these prayer cards to help parents teach them their kids how to pray. But that's such a good thing. 
and then just help them find their place in the church, get them serving uh, at the altar, get them cantering, get them doing these type of things. And then the other thing is I would just like what Father Rob was saying, like a cultural vocations, like tell them like, you know, as you get older, like if you want to be a priest, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Or you want to be a religious sister? Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. You know, if you feel called to that one day, but I don't think parents talk about that much. And so just encourage them be like, yeah, if you want to be a priest one day, that'd be awesome. Well, I remember what Bishop Barron said a couple of years ago at the USCCB meeting. He said, what's, what's the number reason why so many young people are going away from the church or, or what can parents do differently? Mm-hmm. And the answer was talk to your kids about the faith, mm-hmm. kind of what you just said. But it's got to go to a deeper level. Mm-hmm. I mean, as parents, you know, we're not expected to have all the answers. Sure. But, you know, dive a little bit deeper. There you go. Use it again. <laughs> um, and, 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 yeah, get into it because these young people were, were craving those answers, those deep, conversations and that can ultimately be that bridge to keep people going to the faith being encouraged by their faith and maybe becoming a priest or at least a holy vocation of marriage yeah and you just got to give it a shot you know um father rob was alluding to this bishop Rapaki has great advice when you're joining the seminary he just says just give it a year give it a year so you just take it one step at a time should you should you should you nag on people and say you're going to be a priest you're going to be a priest <laughs> not every day you know you don't want to tell them every day at daily mass that you see them but every once in a while every once in a while all right you guys are great great conversation great vocation stories love it thank you both for your vocation to the priesthood yes thanks thank for having us thanks for coming on Father Mark Tracy Father Rob Johnson this has been uh, dive deep if you would like more podcasts head on over to dial.org slash podcast until next time we we'll see you right here on dive deep.